Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball, the podcast where we review the week that was in Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. With me, as always now, Socrates Brito. Mike Bridenstine. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Brido. I am followed. At, you can, I can't talk. You can follow me at Joe Kilgallen. If you're listening to this and not following Joe, just pause it and follow him yes damn it i mean i feel like this is what i'm supposed to do jesus christ and while you're at it follow me our friend colt cabana oh we yeah superstar indie pro wrestler colt cabana. guys the best yeah. he um i was talking to him about podcast stuff and he said i should treat every podcast as if the person who's listening to it is listening to it for the very first time sure like in the beginning sure. so that's why i go over this whole thing i'm sure there are some people who are listening where it's like joe i fucking got it Right, I get it, you know. Well, and then part of me wants to be like, "Good for you for getting it." I want to be professional. Specifically, you. I'm trying not to do that as much, which I don't mind because it's a podcast. We can't. We have the freedom, but I still want to treat it like you know. We don't. We don't live in Trump's America till November. You're damn right. Well, hopefully never. No, no, (laughs) no, no. Well, we uh, were watching the Cubs earlier, so we're gonna get to that. But I wanted to lead off with this. It's something that you and I talked about in weeks past, but haven't before. Sure. This could be a very short discussion. Mm -hmm. Should pitchers be eligible, eligible. Elbow? Okay, I've been drinking, so I'm sorry. Should pitchers just just to the listeners though, we did drink during the. Cubs we were day game. drinking. The Cubs are on earlier because of the time zone difference. They're taking on the Nationals. So they if won. we sound off, we will talk about that. Neither one of us feels off. I would say we feel great. I feel fucking. We are drinking currently. <laughs> yeah, we're drinking Sierra Nevada right now. I got a twelver of uh, Sierra Nevada. I'm a classy fellow. We're at my place this time. Yes. Yeah. So you hear the traffic in the background. Yeah. Should pitchers be eligible to win the MVP? I am of two minds about this. My first answer is fuck no. Okay, okay. Uh, my second answer is especially if it's a relief pitcher, double fuck no. I would agree on that. And that but happened 20... once. Dennis Eckersley, right? Didn't he win MVP as a sure, closer? Yeah, a lot Did Gagne of, get close? A lot of relievers have won MVP, and it drives me insane. Uh, but 2014 Kershaw... Was so good. Kershaw and Verlander have won it in the last decade. Verlander's, in the last ten years. Verlander's advanced stats that year were not very good. Oh, so he got away with like a good defense behind him. He got him a and, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, God bless Verlander. He throws like a hundred miles an and hour. And he back is then, engaged to Kate Upton, who I didn't realize he's uh, like twelve years older than. Did you see that meme? Like when you realize that Kate Upton got a ring before you. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I have not seen that. Yeah. It's an insulting tool. Uh, wedding ring versus oh. a World Series ring listener. <laughs> I think they picked up on that. Okay. The, this, is, well, this, show, a, this show's for the smart fans. It is. That's what we're trying to say. We're like that, that show you were telling me about earlier. That's MLB. MLB Now. Yeah. MLB Now. I got to check that out. Everybody listening don't to this. don't have cable, everyone. DVR, if you have cable. MLB Now. Brian Kenny. Oh, man. They get into debates about, like, FIP versus ERA, it's like made for you if you had cable. See, I, I got to I got to feel there's got to be a way I could stream it, right? All the cool kids don't have cable now, I've noticed. Well, because I had the Apple TV and I was just able to get everything. Yeah, that I got way. the Apple TV right there. I, it's the best. So yeah. I get to see whatever I want to see. Well, I want to check out that show. Yeah. I got to give shout out to the new White Sox announcer. I forget his name. Oh, not. Uh, what's not his Hawk face? Harrelson. Not He's the anti-Hawk Harrelson. <laughs> but Steve Stone is still there, and yeah, Steve Stone's always been great. Yeah, but Steve Stone sometimes will will sink down to 
uh, Harrelson's, Harrelson's level. level. <laughs> and I always thought Steve Stone's first few years after leaving the Cubs, he just had this bitterness to him. He did. Didn't he? Yeah. And I, I thought I, I was imagining that. I, but then no, I know it's real. Yeah, it was because I had friends who, you know, I, I knew a lot of Chicago transplants who were like, I'm a fr- fan of both teams, which I always hated. Um, and they would say, yeah, there's definitely something off with Stone. But this new announcer, I, f- I feel bad that I don't know his name. We have the game on in the background right now. Yes, Chris Sale is amazing, and we'll talk a little bit They're more about the that. They're playing the Twins, so we'll yeah, see how true. amazing. It's the Twins, they suck. But anyhow, this guy is great. I think he's the anti-Hal Carlson because he's not afraid of science. What happened he's to not Har- like, ooh, what, what, numbers scare me. What happened to Harrelson? I don't know. I know they were, He saying, dropped out and Cruz did? Pretty much. He is the Ted Cruz of baseball announcers. It's Hawk oh, my God. That's perfect. That is the perfect Hawk summary. Harrelson is the Ted Cruz of baseball announcing. I love that. We should put that on. We should tweet that out. I feel like you and I are like the Elizabeth Warren. Uh, We're not really running because we're (laughs) podcasters. Elizabeth Warren's a podcaster. She's not running. Podcasting is like, so if we're trying to be like real sports radio here, uh, podcast would be the Elizabeth Warren to that. But back to the whole should a pitcher win the MVP thing. I am of the. They have their own award. That's what I was going to say. They've got their own award. And yet every now and then you'll see a year where you're like, this guy was so good. He deserved to win both like Koufax in the 60s, uh, Kershaw just recently. But overall, I think it's they should definitely, It's the they have the Cy Young. That's their version of the MVP, MVP for pitching. Absolutely. And furthermore, the MVP award, I'm almost thinking, and I thought this with the NBA originally, that there should be two awards. MVP, most valuable oh, player, oh, and then oh, a separate then, award called best. most outstanding okay, player, okay. where it's like this guy was amazing, but his team sucked. The thing is, there is no qualifier for MVP. What is most valuable? You, you notice Dawson was an MVP for a last place team. Alex Rodriguez as well. Everybody, everybody made a big deal out of Dawson. Uh, the implication of that meaning... If you're so fucking good, why, why is your, your team, team in last place? They in last place? They're exactly. in last place with you. They're, they would be in last place without you. So there's where's the value? Yeah, I get where that. Where is the value? So I don't think they necessarily give it to best player. I think, they, I think that they give it to best player on the best team. Like last year, they did not give it to Mike Trout. Although I would say to you, unequivocally, Mike Trout has the best war and weighted on base average last year. They give it to uh, Donaldson, and he might have got LeBron ruled a little bit. But the Blue Jays were good. Donaldson is fucking amazing. Yeah, he was great on a great team. So, yes. Uh, Well, that's the argument there then, because I think about this way. But they also use that uh, type of thought process with Cy Young. And I'm kind of like, no. Cy Young is the best best pitcher. pitcher. And Dallas Keuchel was not the best pitcher. Chris Sale was the best pitcher. But the White Sox weren't good. Now the White Sox are good, and everybody's like, Chris Sale is the the best pitcher. And you're you're just talking. We were talking about this before the podcast started. Chris Sale, although he is the best pitcher on the White Sox, he's not having having the best season as a White Sox pitcher. Correct. Jose Quintana is. Jose Quintana is. Is it Quintana or Quintana? uh, Because, you know, it's like that hotel chain. What's that hotel? Uh, La Quinta. La, I used to say La Quinta, and then someone's like, "It's La Quinta." You're so white, and I was like, "Why? Why can't you just say I'm? I'm not educated on, that's the, fair, on, on the Spanish the, language. Why do you guys so say I'm so white? What so is that?" So let's call it uh, Quintana. Quintana. Quinoa. Quinoa. He salad. needs a nickname. Let's call him that. The guy who needs. Uh, does he have a nickname? Usually, usually White Sox uh, fans oh. are very good at giving out nicknames. Let's call him La Quinta. Like the Big Hurt. You got to give Hawk Harrelson credit. It was a, is a fantastic nickname. Chris what? Sale, I don't think he has a nickname. What's Harrelson his? came up with a big hurt. I'm pretty sure Hawk Harrelson came up with a big hurt. I hope What's someone out there, could, when they listen to this tomorrow, correct me if I'm wrong. I used to call McGuire the big always hurt 
Because he spent those like two years after that. Yes, and he was uh, injured hurt. those his last two years in Oakland. Not his last two years, but early '90s in Oakland, like '92 to '94. I think he was hurt a lot. Very hurt, yeah. Uh, and Mark those, McGuire. and he recovered quite nicely. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. It's amazing how Androstein can do that to someone. <laughs> what a so what an idiot. To summarize this. Cy Young has its own award. Yes. MVP has its own award. So you think MVP should always be to the best player? Because you're again, you're right. What is value? I am one of those guys that uh, I say give it to the best player. If you're like, well, he's on a last place team. You know, Kirk Gibson though, when he won in '88, his numbers weren't even close to being the best overall. He had good, he had a good season. But the thing about him is, they said he won so many games, he had like seven game winning hits that year. I feel and like that's a, a I feel that's a like they opportunity, don't sure. even look at it till September. Like, how many game-winning hits did Cespedes have for the Mets last year? Oh, hit that home month of August. I feel like it was every other day, right? But you got to play a full fucking season. Yeah, you have to be with the team the full season. I never liked that Samarja was able to play for the All-Star team wearing an A's uniform. Yeah. That gross. was weird. Yeah, anyway. All right. I, all, so We're in May. We're talking baseball. We have a fucking podcast about it. These stats count just like the top of the, the first inning counts. It does. Every inning counts, and that's why relief pitching, we probably both are on the same school of thought of saves being an overrated stack. Because a lot of times the game is won or lost in the seven. And these guys get paid off of the save. Like, their contract depends on saves. That's why you don't see uh, – What are you going for? Well, I'll just add to the saves thing. In Moneyball. Who ball, comes in after Strope? My brain is blank. Oh, Hector Rondon. Hector yeah, Rondon. Yeah, he's got like four saves because the Cubs beat my the brain crap is, out my, of everybody. I was looking at the TV, and I was going, Carlos You were going to say Rodon. Rodon, Rodon I, I yeah. pulled a U. Yeah, <laughs> all right. You know what? I made up for it a long time ago. So, okay. he, doesn't, so he doesn't lead the league in saves, even though the Cubs Yeah, his ERA is great. He's having a good, really good season. But he doesn't come in, and I would guess a little bit of that has to do with his Scott Boris, his agent. I don't know who his, his is. Is he a Boris guy? I don't know. I don't know. But well, you know what they used to do. This is what Billy Bean did saves. with Billy Koch. Billy Koch, who was a closer for the A's, um, the White Sox, and then another team in there. What I'm forgetting right now. But Billy Bean was good at. He thought saves were overrated too. So he'd have a guy get a bunch of saves and then just trade his ass. You know what I mean? He would trade them and flip them. It was almost like buying property in a, in a bad neighborhood. I'm gonna where say, you're like, this should be a better neighborhood, and it will be soon. I'm going to say something that will sound controversial, but really shouldn't be. Fuck Mariano Rivera. Fuck Trevor Hoffman. Wow. This is just... Do you know what you're doing right now? Carl Ravitch's head is exploding somewhere. You know I hate Carl Ravitch. He loves Mariano Rivera. I know you do. That's why I'm bringing it up. Look, I think those... Trevor Hoffman and Mariano Rivera, these are guys are good closers, but I think you should just say fuck the closer position. Here's what a relief pitcher is. Somebody who's not good enough to start. Yeah, that's how they all started out. Was Mariano Rivera good good enough to start? bursts? Okay. Would Kerry I'll, Wood have been a better that is would he have been one a, of the two examples I was going to give you. The other being John Smoltz. Go guys who were successful starters, they yep. had arm problems, yep. went into the bullpen and were great. Yeah. Yes. Because I, I agree. guess what? Both of them were great pitchers. They were great starters when they were healthy. Yes. Do you want Clayton Kershaw as your closer or do you want him going seven? You want him going seven. And, and the thing about the closer is, too, Austin, there's nine the guy them. will come up and face the seven, eight, nine hitter yeah. or seven, eight, some scrub pinch hitter. Yeah. Uh, also, it's, even if it is against the heart of the order, that's their fourth at bat. Yeah. So they're a little tired. They, they've been, th- yeah. Yes, they're tired. Yeah. They're, you're, you know, a lot of times it's a flamethrower. The relief pitching position used to be 
a guy with a trick pitch. Uh, uh, weight Hoyt, I believe. But I will say this: a bullpen. Wow, that is so bad. That was the worst. This is why we can't hit the game on in the background. <laughs> Uh, a bunt or something hit the base, and it was called fair. No, that, that was fair. The no, was fair. I'm you know, that, if it hits the base, it's fucking fair. Yeah, no, I'm saying oh, we're, we're agreeing that, all right, this is where the podcast is bad because you guys don't know what the hell we're watching. We're watching the White Sox twins. Sox guy, it wasn't a bunt. It was like a swinging bunt. He thinks it's going to go foul. It doesn't. He lets it, it hits go. The base. It hits the corner. Yes, it's the corner of the base. I still think that's a bad plan. His corner. Fault. The third baseman, Ploof, he should have uh, had that. Now the Sox have a base loaded. They're up five to two. What is a there's a there's a Trevor Ploof, and then there's a politician named David Ploof, who is with the Obama administration. Oh yeah, I've heard that name. I've seen that name around. Maybe so back to what we were related. talking about, though. Stay focused, Brida. Stay focused. Oh, uh, relief pitchers are. Relief pitching is wildly important, though, as a unit. Your bullpen is huge. Well, pitching is important. Yes. Yes, that is, of course it is. But as an individual. The role, the closer, all that. Because I think the past two years, the Royals, their middle relief, their like Wade Davis, their you know all that, has proven that that is an integral part. Yeah, I mean the also, game would be over after the fifth with the Royals. I mean, look at the Reds; they've proven that if you want to suck, just have bad relief pitching. And look at what the Cubs do to teams right now. Max Scherzer, who's one of the best pitchers in baseball the last few years, he had I, 70 pitchers after like the third or fourth inning yesterday. I would the Cubs. argue he's the third best pitcher in the National League, but not this Behind uh, Arietta and Kershaw? That's, uh, well, I'd go Kershaw, Arietta, yeah. You still Kershaw ahead? I do, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on there. As much as I think Arietta Kershaw the, strikes out the last strikes out better. the last six months, yes, Arietta. But over the last four years, but I don't have access to those stats in that way. Like I'm just looking at like from starting last year, Kershaw has been overshot. I would have given the Cy to Kershaw last year. I think Arietta got that Cy Young off of the second half. His second half was so absolutely, historic, and, but it's a full and season. And I am and listen to me, everyone. I love Arietta. I'm just What's not I'm up? just looking at stats. So that, just looking that's at stats. how I decide. And your I, your I, most I, important stat. I'm what's a, the most important stat for a pitcher to you? Because we talked about how you'd say okay. weighted on weighted. Uh, what, what's your favorite stat for hitters again? Weighted on base percentage. Weighted on base average. Weighted Wo- on base average. Woba. And I look at WAR for overall. Like the best hitter in baseball is going to have the best WOBA. And you, and you can look this up on FanGraphs. And and, and like if you want to. If you're like a stat person and you're like you're wrong, you can tell me and we can talk about it and then move on. But to me, Fangraphs wins above replacement is arguably number one. Arguably number two is fielding independent pitching. Because to Wait, me, what did you say was number one for pitching? War wins above replacement. Okay. And Kershaw had the best of that last year for pitching. I would. Uh, yeah, I don't have it. I. Don't, I Yes, I don't have it in front so of me. I know me. where Arietta led in whip. He led in opponents' batting average against. And all of, those, all of those things are good indica- indicators of how good a pitcher is. Sure. And, like, I was talking to friends of mine who listen to this podcast, and they're like, there's a good reason that announcers don't say, you know, this sort of thing. They say batting average, RBIs. Like, and home runs. We were asking why they don't say Because someone at home OPS. goes, he has... A 300 batting average. He has 10 home runs. He has 30 RBIs. I have an idea of what that guy is, you know. But like most people don't know what a good OPS is. 
So let's tell them. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think there are some. I was watching some of the Red Sox-Yankees game, and it was on uh, New England Sports Network. So it was the Boston feed that I was checking out. And they had OPS underneath it. Amazing. Which a lot of teams will not do. So good on Because baseball. they're trying to slow. I'm not saying it has to happen overnight, everyone. But we have better st- we have better stats. There are better ways a good to on determine base how good a player is. is 400? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 400 is awesome. 400 is awesome. I think there was like three players that over Let's 400. Let's try to give the equivalent of a 300 hitter. Let's say anything over 350 is good for, uh, what do you think is elite? Anything over four, 400 is elite. Four is elite. Anything over 360 we'll say is good. Yes. Okay. So what's a good slug? Good slug uh, over 500. So plus that. I'm gonna so I'm gonna throw this number out. I'm gonna lowball you. A good OPS is 800 and up. Yes, that's what uh, Baseball Prospectus has. So if you're keeping score at home, if they show you OPS, it's bat or it's on base percentage. The amount of times you go to the plate and get on base. Yes, whether that's hit by pitch, walk, or any kind of base. If hit. you're Dexter Fowler, that's half the time. Yeah. And slugging percentage, <clears throat> which is how many times you get a hit that's more than a single? Yeah, it's uh, all your total base is divided by bats. Correct. So, well, yeah. So the singles are counted, I believe. Oh, so it's even. Yeah. There's another stat that's isolated power that takes the singles out of it. Sure. Yes. Okay. You know, you know how sometimes I get things wrong. I don't have everything. No, it's fine because I remember reading all about that. So the you one add year, those two. You yeah. add those two, and I'm going to tell you at home an 800 OPS and up is good that's very good uh, over a thousand Th- that's we're is talking, elite we're talking about an mvp season we're talking about an mvp i think two players had that just last year. like a seven if you're listening to me at home a seven war is an mvp season how many players had over that last year uh i would say harper probably did uh, there's only a handful I right mean, just a handful yeah so you got to look at those stats Wins above replacement is seven. And if you're like, fuck, I'll never get a hang of this, man, just read a description of it. You can Google it. Because we need to get onto these stats. Because we can't just keep we can't just keep doing RBIs and wins, saying that Chris Sale is the the best pitcher because he has a he's six and oh. We can't keep and it's like this. this in other sports. Other sports are starting to gravitate towards this, although slower, I feel like. Like a sport, you, when you know these stats, you could truly have those fun debates over who the better players and all you that You will stuff. have a leg up on all of the people that you're having a baseball conversation with if you know this stuff, just so you know. So I would look up, if I was you at home, I would look up weighted on-base average. You can go to Fangraphs, and they have like a glossary. Fangraphs.com, it's like seriously one of the best baseball sites you go to espn for all the other stuff obviously you go to mlb whatever baseball reference is good baseball reference is great if you want to look up a a person's career sure yes historically it's a fantastic site yes but right now you go to leaders there's a drop that that site is not bartolo colon hit a two-run home run and that's worth interrupting you bartolo Uh. (laughs) colon as we called him last week the tamale guy which is not racist. He really looks like a tamale guy that would pop into bars in Chicago. Let me call me racist, you listeners out there. No one Hit a two-run home run. I think they do. actually anyone they who did. listens to this would know. I'm joking. No, well, no, trigger warning. Oh. <laughs> All right, here's another thing I want to talk about. So the big story in Major League Baseball still, 
And again, people are going to think we're being homers. We're not. The Chicago Cubs are the best team. We happen to be huge Cubs fans. It's a, the weird, best it's a weird coincidence. Yes, I'm very happy I decided to do this podcast this season because <laughs> my tone would be what completely different. What a great different. coincidence. They are 23-6 and six now after they've won uh, for the third straight, well, actually the sixth straight Over game. Over the second but, best team in the majors. But th- yeah, third game. That they'll go for the sweep tomorrow in a four-game series against the Washington Nationals. Uh, oh, before we get into the Cubs as a whole, guess who's pitching tomorrow? Oh yeah, Jake Arrieta, a guy who is six and zero on the season, zero point eight four ERA, uh, and a guy who's just been dominant at home. He's been dominant on the road, even. I don't think he has a road loss in his uh, last thirty his, appearances or something. He's won the last nineteen games they've he's pitched in. He is an absolute freak. This is not counting the playoffs because we all know they lost in New York. He but got that was burnt fatigue. out by that by that fatigue. Pittsburgh game. Yeah, he got burnt out. He was throwing he needs 91 to do a in nice that game. Seven tomorrow. Hayward needs to hit. I would like them. To, I don't want him to throw more than 200 innings going into the playoffs this year. If they could start to monitor his innings a little bit more. The game after the no hitter, he only threw five innings. I good, love that. Good. Because they were up. If you're like a tomorrow, if we're up seven nothing in the fifth, take well, him everyone, out. Everyone to be uh, Vandermeer. Oh, the, the guy, guy who, who threw, threw two no yeah. hitters in a row. Sure. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's just you're asking a lot. If well, he, if you could get another no hitter, what that's you're great, dealing but it's with not, is like I, a Pedro, want, he's a Pedro well, Martinez, he's a Randy Johnson. Playoff wins are more important. Well, of course, but he could go up to that mound at any time of the year and throw a no hitter. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, he has that kind of stuff. No, he that's does, true. It's yeah. special. That's his. We're watching on. This is on MLB uh, TV, right? No, this is MLB Network. This is MLB Network regular cable. Yes, that's right because it's WGN Sports in the corner, but it says MLB <laughs> down at the other corner. Yeah. And it says in the corner, Washington at Chicago. Arietta goes, goes for seven, seven and, and yeah. That's how big he's become right now, where his starts are must see TV. And Move his, over Friends and Seinfeld reruns. His, we got Arietta on the mound. His FIP ain't that good. Yeah, but I mean, Kershaw, there's been good defense behind him. But what is it? His okay, okay. Where is his FIP? Is Arietta not top twenty? Like not a top two? 10? He's top fifteen. That's still really good, though. What I'm telling and he's you, and seven starts in is what, what I'm saying. What I am yeah. telling you is that if Syndergaard, Strasburg, or Kershaw played for the Cubs, they would have. They would also be. 6 no with a O, blah, 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 is what I'm saying. Okay, that's fair enough. That's what that stat means. I know I know what the stat means. I just think well, it's, a, it's a stat that I don't like using seven starts into a season. Sure. I mean, but we know who's good. Yeah, we know who's good, and Arietta's good. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Can't deny it. I mean, because even without... Say they went by FIP, he'd still have an ERA. If FIPs were true to your ERA, he'd still have a fucking ERA in the twos, which is still sick. Which is great which because is great. they scored 20. Have an ERA in your twos for your career, you end up in the Hall of Fame. This, uh, oh, do you see that baseball up there? Yeah. I bought the beer, and the guy, the Korean owned liquor store by me, he goes, uh, Cubs. And I go, yeah, because I'm wearing a Cubs hat right now. Sure. And he goes, you like baseball? And I go, yeah. And he goes, Mike. And I go, Yes, and he tosses me a baseball. How about that? And it's from the Korean League. It says Korean League on there. Oh, that's awesome. So that's a Jung Ho Gong Bat Flip City. Have you seen their bat flips in the Korean League? I, I've seen YouTube videos. It's outrageous. That is a He's ball. Choi never brought that over. What a bummer. He's Up Choi? He's Up Choi is a Korean star. I Well, I know. I remember. Yeah. All I, right. Uh, so I want to talk about the Cubs National Series right now only because... Uh, the first day of the National Series, there was a press conference with uh, new Nationals manager Dusty Baker. They had fired Matt Williams in hate, the offseason. Hate, 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 hate. Toothpick, hatred, hatred. Well, then, okay, since you're starting off with the hatred, tell us, Mike Bridenstine, why do you hate Dusty Baker? He has a history of being garbage. 
He was the manager of my team, the Chicago Cubs. He overpitches pitchers. He favors veterans, even if young guys should fill in the role. I agree. Nathy Perez comes to mind. Nathy Perez was a guy who Jim Hendry, the Cubs general manager at the time, finally had to just dump because Dusty Baker kept starting him. He just loved the Nathy Perez was terrible. I feel like he's a clubhouse guy. I feel like they can't publicly like publicly come out and say that Matt Williams was like a shit manager. The Nationals were supposed to be the Cubs this year. Last year? Last yes. year, yeah. And they had a whole thing. Uh, they really broke down toward the end of the season. Injuries. You Papel had Papelbon fighting choking. Harper. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a real crazy mess they had over there. But now that I'm getting a closer look at them, and they did have injuries last year, so it was a little different. They don't have the offense to me. They have a really nice they starting pitching. They don't. I don't know if I'm the crazy Cub, about their The bullpen. Cubs have a much better offense. Much better. Uh, I would say the Nats might, on paper, have a better pitching staff than the One Cubs. One through five? Too. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I mean, listen, Kyle Hendricks looked like not Kyle Hendricks. That, I mean, he looked great. Kyle Hendricks is a guy who's like a... I'm always like Hamill's the most underrated pitcher in baseball, other than Quintana. Yeah, but Hamill really choked in the second half of the last two seasons. I know, but... He just... Like, yeah, he, he's got stuff. He throws a nice hard but sinker. But like Lackey is 37 and did well. I'm just saying that... You know, the Cubs signed Lackey strictly for the playoffs because that guy's really good in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, it's... Who's their one? Scherzer or Strasburg their one? Scherzer's their one, for sure. Then they have, like, Joe Ross, Gio Gonzalez. Gio Gonzalez is having a great year. Gio Gonzalez is a pretty solid pitcher. Then Tyler, or Roark. Yes. Yeah, um, and, and he's, like, their number five, Roark. When Roark struck out 15... In Minneapolis, or like the, when they, I don't know where they were, they played the Twins. He strikes out 15. People are like, that's our five starter. We're the shit. And, and it's. Were you okay. like, eh, they're also the Minnesota Twins? I, yes. Striking out 15 hitters is still striking out 15 hitters. You, you don't want to take they're too much credit away. They're major league players. They're major league players. They're just sake, not a yeah. very good team. Yeah, they're not. They're not good at all. You really shouldn't use the word good in a sentence when you're But would you take, twins. I would take a lot, I would take Joe Maurer on the Cubs. Absolutely. Right now, yeah. I mean, not at my, first base. I'm keeping Rizzo, but if yeah, Montero's to, hurt right now. If he so wants to, if, if he wants to cop a could, squat, he could still catch a little bit, which I'm sure he can't defensively anymore. I mean, Joe they Maurer. don't. I mean, it's Joe not, Maurer Hall of Famer. Yes, I would agree with that. Two batting titles as a catcher, and more than that, his overall stats are great. Uh, they usually, you know, since 1950, they've taken five catchers into the Hall of Fame, and it's Yogi Berra, Piazza. Fisk bench, Gary Carter. Do you go? You want to uh, Carlton Fisk. Okay. Oh, Gary, Car Gary, Gary Carter. Gary Carter. Yeah. So six. So six. So it's the best of their generation type of thing, and it's Mauer and Posey. That's why I don't think Yadier Molina is getting in. I don't know. People are. He's so Molina's overblown. got the press. He's so overblown. I, I I don't disagree with you there, but he's got the press. He's so fucking People overblown. People love that guy. He's a Cardinal. He's won a couple World Series. The national sports. Brian McCann love him. has as many championships and as many All Star games, and no one is doing that for him. Brian McCann. Yes, Brian uh, McCann does not have any World Series rings. Where does he have a World Series? Oh, with sorry. Uh, who is the, okay? So let's. I'm trying to think when the Braves won. Okay, so let's. he's the one with the Yankees. So let's use. No, I know what you're saying though. Brian the McC Yankees guy, I can't think of him. I can picture. Or Posada. Posada. 
Posada might get in. Posada might get in. McCann has as many All-Stars. But Posada, come on. I'm not saying he should. I'm saying he might get in. I hate when they keep saying. So I'm going to tell you who's who is currently playing who's getting in. I'm going to tell you. Albert Pujols. No doubt, of course. Yeah. And I'm not even saying A-Rod or Poppy because fucking PEDs. Yeah, we don't know. I think they let Poppy in. I think because Poppy... Because he never got a positive? He just he never got a positive. List. He was just n- named. And also because he's a guy the press loves, and that's big. People forget that. That's huge. The press has to like you. They do love him, and they, they have should. To, if they like... They, there are some players... post that should have got. Yeah, there are some players who should have got in, but the press didn't like him. Ron Santo should have got in while he was alive a Easily. long time ago. Easily. Easily. But the press did not like him. He so, never was... You know, he became a press darling once okay. he was an announcer. Third baseman, Beltre. Right now, Adrian Beltre, yes, he's in. But another reason Big Poppy should be uh, in is because the last four years Miguel he's Cabrera. been great. Yes. I'm saying yes. Without I'm saying, a doubt. I'm saying Ichiro. Ichiro, yes, he's in. Those are my definite. Because he, what is he, like 100 hits from 3,000, and he only started at the age of 28? 100. He's like 50 away. 50 away? Yeah, and he, which he'll get to. He'll hang around long enough. Yep. And he, start, and he was, came to America when he was 28, 29. Well, he won seven batting titles in Japan for a 4A type of you know, league. It doesn't matter over here, but it's still impressive. Correct. I mean, no. But baseball. I don't. I'm just saying, baseball writers don't. I'm, I'm looking at this from a baseball. He was 18. Writer's he standpoint. weighed 125 pounds. Like my buddy Rob was like, he would have got, he would have broke Pete Rose's record. I'm like, no, because they are not bringing up an 18 year old into the majors if they weigh 125 pounds. They're not. No. That's as not an happening. outfielder, you better throw a. Well, if he was living in America, he would have weighed way more than 125 pounds. You better weigh a hundred. You better throw rather 120 miles an hour if you're 18 and want to play in the majors. Y- yeah. Those, 18. I mean, Pedro Martinez probably weighed about 140 when he came into the league. He was small. He's yeah. a Hall of Famer. <laughs> well, yeah, he's great. He's not playing right now. But all right, what other players playing right now? Can we get to? No pitcher. You can't say confidently any pitcher? No, because you have to play 10 years to qualify, so I can't say Kershaw. Yeah, he hasn't qualified I can't yet. say Mike Trout. Uh, he's not a pitcher, but like another it's person that hasn't played. Yeah, there's too many young studs right now to where you, could, you can't honestly say. Because a few years ago, I would have said, yeah, Tim Lincecum's on his way to being a Hall of Famer. Oh. Now, hell no. Oh. Well, he just had that workout. What about Verlander? Fuck no. No. Okay. It's, it's fair. It's a fair question. Kershaw he's is the only years. person I can think of other than... I think if Felix had two more good years, yes. I'm confused as to what to do with major league pitchers now, though, because they throw, they don't throw the innings, they don't get the the career stats that I'm used to, like looking at and being like, that's a good pitcher. Yeah, it really does change everything when you come for uh, terms of Hall of Fame qualifications. We went over the list last Halliday, week of like who Halliday. should be in the Hall of Fame. Just so you know, I'm going to grab Justin Verlander's stats here real quick. How many, what's his, uh, what do you want, baseball reference? Yes. Okay. Win-loss is an indication. It should be taken into consideration. And it's killed Verlander. He's barely pitched the last couple seasons. Yeah, man. Verlander Oh, is no, not, I guess he made 30. Yeah, I'm looking at this year. He's yeah, he's not only a made Hall six, of Famer. He made 20 starts last year. He had a lot of, he's had some really good seasons, though, man. Of uh, course he has, but so did Don Mattingly. And is Don Mattingly in the Hall of Fame? No. Is Kevin Brown? You got to compare yourself to the era is that you're in, though. Mike Mussina is Mike Kurt Mucina's Schilling. Close. Kurt Schilling and Mike Mussina is it's just a it's just bothering me that they're not in. All right, just gonna say this: All Verlander right. has been All a right. top five Cy Young finisher one, two, 
three, four times, including winning it once. Uh, oh, listen, if he get, if he gets in, like I'm not gonna. You His know. career whip is 1.208. I was not His okay with FIP is 3.46. I was not okay with Smoltz getting in. Yeah, you know there was a cumulative stats though. That's what I thought. Wins too. and saves. Yeah, could over yes. hundred saves and over two hundred wins. They took the into account when he was done. shit and went to the bullpen. It's like is Carlos Zambrano a Hall of Famer? He went to the bullpen when he sucked too. Yeah, but for like two months. I mean, Smoltz reinvented Smoltz went himself. when he sucked, and then he came back when he yeah, was well, good. Yeah, he had injuries, and then he he couldn't last more than three or four innings. And a the, relief he, pitcher. Yeah, he tried to reinvent himself. A relief Dempster pitcher is a pit, People is a go start, back and forth. They're a starter who can't do it. You really hate relief pitchers, man. I hate. If you're yes. a relief pitcher and you're listening out there, the views of Mike Bridenstine do not 100% reflect the views of community. Do it for baseball. seven, <laughs> or do it for seven. Isn't that sad? That's do it for seven now. It used to be like do it for nine. Right. That's again. I can't get over that. I can't get over that pitching is the one thing, and not just baseball and all sports that is completely regressive. Yeah. Why isn't it? We should be. If you that's would, why we don't know who's a Hall of Famer anymore. Is Roy Halladay a Hall man. of Famer? Is I think uh, yes for Johan Santana, a Hall of Famer? I don't know. I don't know for a lot of these guys because you're right. But if you would have told, so I guarantee there was probably some guy in the early 60s saying, I bet they're going to have a three-man rotation one day. Imagine how big and strong people are going to be in the 20-teens. <laughs> and, and then we're going to tell them, actually, it's a five-man rotation. <laughs> some teams <laughs> think a <laughs> <of> six-man <laughs> rotation. <laughs> and a lot of teams <laughs> carry eight bullpen pitchers and all, you know. Think about that. The Cubs have 13 pitchers. It used to be 12. Some stats would have 11 just 10 years ago even. And there's a lot of uh, statistical evidence showing that everybody would be better with a fireman rather than a closer. What do they mean Remember by explain a, what a fireman a is? A Bruce Suter three-inning close Okay. versus a Hector Rondon one-inning save. There's probably some truth to that. I mean, when I think fireman, I think of a guy where it's like he's putting out the fire in the sense that the starter was so bad he's just going to eat well, innings. That's what and they sacrifice were. the game. Yeah. So, okay, the a one inning closer starts about 1989 with Dennis Eckersley and Tony Larusa. He didn't invent it, but that's when it starts. Eck, a former 20 game winning starter. Becomes a relief pitcher because shit, he was a really good pitcher, you know. Yes. And so, that's when it starts. He gets the MVP in what ninety one? Yeah, ninety ninety one. Ninety, I think, it was Ricky Henderson. He's but had a few, a lot of award winners. Bob Welch, and he won Cy Young for them. Well, because Bob Welch won, won twenty five games. Twenty eight, I think. Twenty eight games. Yeah. Which nobody's going to come close to ever again because they no, pitchers only get if, like 32, 33 uh, starts. Somebody asked if Kershaw could win 30 this year, and they're it's like, laughable no. Because no. he's just not going to, no, he won't. I mean, he'll get some no decisions. Just so many things have to go right. Yeah, you'll get too many no decisions. The losses won't be on him per se. I All mean, right. listen, if he gets 30 wins, I'm going to tell you, I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised because no one does it. And also it doesn't matter. It's not, the team wins matter. Team wins Here's matter. what I'll say this about the closer thing, and then we do got to go back. To, I wanted to throw my thoughts about Dusty Baker. wanted to talk about this Cubs oh. team and how dominant they are and, and well, go around the rest ruined, of the league real quick. He ruined Mark Pryor. Yeah, I know that. Real quick. Let me get back he to this, though. I was going to tell you, Rido, shut up. He would have gone to Peoria and ruined Richard Pryor. Nice. There you go. You got that. Didn't you say that two weeks ago on the show? No. No, I like it. Yeah, he would have Richard. He would have. I said today in Brennan's uh, trailer. 
You did. Didn't I say that? Are you ripping me off? Did I say you would ruin Richard I'm Pryor? ripping you off? Not today. I remember saying I that in the I want you to call past. me uh, Kilbrido. <laughs> Jamie Kilbrido. Mikey Kilbrido. Okay, listen. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell at you just then. I just wanted to say... I know you here, got frustrated with me. I got frustrated because I do think about this in terms of the closer. Baseball, the one thing I like about the closer is their showmanship. I was jealous of that Gagne streak. You know what they used to do? This might have been before you were living here. They would do a whole thing. No, I was, I was were you here? here? Yeah. They would do that thing where they would play Welcome to the Jungle, and the scoreboard would flash game over as he was coming. Like, how much confidence is that where your, your, your scoreboard is telling the other team, hey, this game's over? Okay. He had I, saved 90 games in a row going, or something. If you're going showmanship, you were sitting two seats away from me in San Diego last year when we saw Kimbrel come in. And Hell's the bells. And what do you throw? Yeah, the yeah. flame. Yeah. Well, Trevor Noah. Uh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Daily shows. Trevor Noah. But Trevor Hoffman famously came out to Hell's Bells from ACDC. I like all that. Yeah, I that, like that kind of stuff. That's what's fun with the closer position. Yes, but let's not Overrated? Start yes. Completely. That's my point. Fun? Also, yes. Look at the votes Trevor Hoffman is getting for the Hall of Fame. Versus Billy Wagner's votes. Billy Wagner barely stayed on the ballot. They have the same fucking stats other than Trevor Hoffman had more saves. And the only reason, if you're asking me why everyone is so high up on Trevor Hoffman, is because they went out of their minds over Mariana Rivera. So if Mariana Rivera is number one and like we're all bowing down in front of him, number two has to be Trevor Hoffman. And it's like such a stupid thing to me. I would like to the talk whole, to. It's a house of cards. That if you just like brush against it, it all fucking falls down. Did you give a shit when Jeff Reardon had the most saves of all time? No. If you no. found his baseball card in your house in a shoebox, you would throw it away. <laughs> Although he had a great beard. He did have Jeff a great beard. Jeff Reardon had a solid, solid Well, when you go into beard. the card store and be like, how much for this? He has a great beard. Yeah, that's true. Let me say this, though. So if you're a Major League Baseball player, I think a lot of them like that closer role as like a security blanket, where I think it's nice for them to know we have this one guy that comes in at the end of every game. Yeah, I feel, I feel good when Rondon is in. Yeah, I think that's what part of it is. Because even, you know, there are guys, there are so many new GMs across baseball who I know they look at that and think it's the last three outs of the game. Outs 24, outs 25, 26, it's such 27. such a fallacy to think that way. Why is inning nine more important than inning one, two, three? Or yeah. five, six, seven? Well, I mean, they should all have the equal runs worth. runs count. Yeah, the runs count in any inning, for sure. Yeah, so what's... That's you know, my problem. And, and clutch, I think... Was I know you think clutch is overrated, but tell me... I'm clutch trust, does not exist. Yes, it does. You know how I know? Because you played? Because I played baseball with yeah, guys yeah. who kill the ball, and then if there's a runner in third, I saw it with Chris Bryant. But are pressing. you telling me? Guys you, press. Are you, you telling know that. me that a guy tries harder in the ninth inning? I think a guy he, the, gets in, in the his first, head. In the first eight innings, he's like, man. No, see, that's, that frame of thinking is very, that's, that's shit. You, you know human beings, yeah. and you know how they are. It's like that with comedy. I how many times do we see great comedians bomb auditions? You don't think that's nerves coming to play? Why wouldn't nerves come into play when you're facing a guy who throws 98? I want to tell you you're making a good point, but I don't know if you are. I think I am. I, think, I, I don't know. I, I've just I've heard this argument. You remind me of my cousin Danny so much. He is so okay. anti-clutch being a thing, <laughs> and he uses Derek Jeter as a reference because Derek Jeter is the only guy whose playoff sample size equals a full season. 
He has over well, 500 yeah, plats. In bats. the history of baseball, in the history of baseball, one guy's yeah. over 500 bats. <laughs> yeah. My only point is though that I feel like, and granted, I never played at a super high level at all. I probably played as much high school ball as you did, but I've been, I've seen it. You could see certain things Two where you, where if there's a guy on, I, there are certain, like Chris Bryant had 99 RBIs the last three weeks of last season, and every time he came up with an RBI situation, he was swinging at every bullshit pitch because all he wanted to do was get number 100. That was him not being clutch. I okay, saw that. If you're listening to this and you think that uh, clutch is a thing, tweet at us. I want to know what you. you I want to know if people could think clutch thing because that's one of the big. That's the one thing. I dude, you know me. I'm 100 percent on board with sabermetrics. The one right. thing I won't give them is clutch. So and d- I'm still iffy. David on. Ortiz is probably the most clutch hitter in the history of baseball. Could be, yeah. Madison Bumgarner is the clutchest pitcher in the history of baseball. He's definitely up there. Yes. But they're also great hitter. They're, he's a, that is Ortiz is such great. a small sample size. I know it is because th- that's it's unfortunate. I know they'll say like, oh, well, this guy's only batting 200 with the bases loaded. Well, he only has 25 at bats. Uh, yeah, and the guy with the most has 100. I mean, it's not. I would love to have this argument over and over again with you. I'm not This will sold. go on way too long. I'm we, not we'll, sold on. We'll, look, we'll have the whole season to try to convince ourselves one way or another. Okay. I And listen, I'm kind of. Like, no, it's not a thing, but I'm not 100%. Like, I'm not like a win is garbage. As well, I just a know that the sabermetricians always say there's not enough sample size. And I'm like, well, yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to get a guy up to the plate 500 times with the bases loaded. That's a very hard but thing to have happen. You can't tell me that Ortiz, Poppy's trying harder than he was trying before. It's just luck. I think some of these guys have the ability to slow the game down. When the moment is its biggest, tweet at us. We gotta yeah. We gotta, at, follow us at Brido at Joe Kilgallen, or you could have the, do, the podcast uh, page at Comedy send Sports a, Pod. Send one to both of us. At send Brido one to both of us, Joe Kilgallen, because I want someone to help us figure out whether is or not clutch, clutch is a, thing. a thing. Okay. All right. Moving on to another topic. Uh, again, we were talking about the Chicago Cubs. Here's another thing I realized while I was watching the Cubs right now. Daniel Murphy is the new second baseman for the Washington Nationals. And while we were Hate watching him. the game. Yeah, we already talked about Dusty Baker. I think Baker's a bad – everything you said I, I agree with. I echo the, that st- sentiment. The fact that his last job with the Cincinnati Reds, he got fired after he took them to the playoffs, tells you what kind of manager. It's amazing, yeah. You know, that doesn't happen too – that rarely happens. No. Daniel Murphy is a guy I hate. I hated him, bef- I hated him before he destroyed the Cubs in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and I, I, it sucks to admit, but he was very dominant I against us. I hate every Murphy. Jack Murphy – the Murphy the Goat? I know a guy named Owen Murphy who's a tall Irish bartender, owns a bar in yeah. Chicago Is now. Is he a good guy? Great guy. Great. So one. I know a few Murphys that are pretty Brittany good. Brittany Murphy was pretty cool. Brittany Murphy was, was a very good role, had good comedic timing but and But other clueless. than that, Eddie Murphy sucks. Oh, Eddie Murphy sucks? Really? <laughs> Ron Delirious? No, that was, don't give him a pass. By the way, listen to those again. It's the most homophobic shit. All Murphys are homophobes. Yes, because Daniel Murphy is a big-time homophobe. And your bartender, your tall bartender, I don't think he's a homophobe. Guaranteed he has tall opinions about he's gays. He's like 6'8". He's from Ireland. He's from Limerick. Uh, I bet he's like... He's spelled O-N-E-O-G-H-E-N-R-A-N. I bet he has tall, wrong opinions. No, he's a good, he's a smart fella. I'll stick up for him. I'm trying to think. There are some Murphys I know. Rhea Butcher, friend of the show, her dog's name is Murph. Oh, well... That dog is probably Murphy's okay. Hot Dogs on Belmont, Chicago. Pretty good. Murphy's Bleachers, not a bad bar either. Homophobic, both. Okay, all right. That's a comment kind of that with him. But I want to ask. <laughs> I would like to say, is he? Do you? Is no, he's been, not a three eighty hitter. No. No, of course not. I'm not. Talking, no, fuck his stats. 
Oh. People could look up his stats. Okay, okay, we know okay. he's overrated. Guy hit 11 home runs last year. He had seven in the playoffs. In a yeah, row. So, so is the guy clutch or was he just locked in at the right time? Oh, okay. Jorge Soler, was he locked in at the certain time? But no, I don't even want to get into that. That's another topic we get into. Who, besides Daniel Murphy, are some of your most hated players of all time? Oh, wow. Steve Garvey? Steve Garvey's a good one. But, well, here's the thing, though. That's Do you before, hate them? It's before my time. I just know that I'm supposed to hate Steve I know Garvey. I'm supposed to hate him. I know that, too, being a, a Cubs fan. But there's a difference. There are some people that you hate because they suck. I don't even know if you were alive in 84, were Or you? I was. I was like a week old. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was born September 21st, 1984. The, there are some nine, people nine you... 924? 921-84. 921-84. Uh, Bill Murray, same birthday as Bill Murray. Really? He was born about 40 years I earlier. I thought he though. was much older. Yeah, much older. Um, that's very funny. And you, I can tell how proud of yourself you are over that one. And I, I love that you're proud of yourself. He's it's called great. me out. And it's a great well, no, call dude, out. You, it's a when, great call When you out. crack a good bit that makes yourself laugh. It's real, like when we were talking about Ron Santo. It's not that good We were of a watching. Bit. I'm saying this. I don't care if you you don't want me to or not. When we were okay. watching, we were watching the Cubs Nationals. Our buddy Brennan McGowan's house. It was a good little crew of people watching the Cubs game. He made some brats. He did. And they were delicious. We were talking about like sports writing. We were talking about the Hall of Fame thing we were talking about. And you said... Uh, it's a shame Ron Santo. Ron Santo oh. couldn't get in because he didn't have a leg to stand on. Yeah. Yeah, it's and not you, my joke, right, though. I know it's your dad's joke, right? It's such a dad joke. It's a very dad joke. I love joke. dad jokes. My dad always said, like, he, he'll, your dad likes plays on words, like corny stuff, right? Yeah, my dad likes some, some puns. I feel like dad jokes are some of the funniest jokes. My dad will say to me, like, hey, will you uh, get me a scotch? Uh, two fingers. Straight down. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good dad joke. That's a good, you know, my dad's favorite baseball-related joke, since this is a baseball podcast, I'm keeping it the theme. Yes. Was um, if the Cubs lost their home opener, he would say, ah, Cubs can't sell beer this year. And I'm like, why? They lost their opener. Oh, my God. That's great. That's a very dad joke. They okay, lost their I have, opener. I have one for you, too. Uh, my parents live in Iowa, and it's 50-50 Cubs-Cardinals. Neighbors come over, you know, they live in a cul-de-sac with alcoholics, so it's very fun to go there. I bet. So everyone else is a Cardinals fan on the cul-de-sac, except for my, my father, and they come over. In 2005, they go, you know what the Cubs and Cardinals have in common? They both haven't won it. They both haven't gone all the way in their new stadium. Oh, God, yeah. And the then the Cardinals won that the, year. The next year, 06, they won, yeah. Oh, then it was 06. Yeah, because the White Sox won in 05. Because they won. Oh, right, fuck. Yeah. I was there. Come Jesus on. Christ. You should remember. 2000, that. I have a joke about it. God damn it. But yeah, 2006. One of. Uh, Do you want to say your joke? No. Come on, it's baseball related. It's up to you. You don't have to. If you don't hot, hot car on the shocker, they cut away. Yeah. Okay. That's that was uh, very piss poor. Uh, watch me on Carson Daly. I tell that joke. You say that? Yeah. So basically, I'm going to tell the joke for you. They're talking to some no! Southside scumbag after the White Sox won the World Series. Oh, let's see how. And the he reporter does. goes, "How do you feel?" And he goes, "Right now, it's all about hot car on the shocker." They cut away. And then they cut away immediately. Yeah. That's good old Canaryville boy. I'm sure. And then the second part of that joke, I can't tell anymore because you can't say transgender things. Oh, yeah. Because we're going past a bar in Chicago that everybody knows in front of it has trans prostitutes. And they're out there. And I said in the joke, like, who wants to fuck? Whatever. And while that happened, the joke is, I, like, the cab driver goes, 
he goes, ooh, look at those ladies. And I said to the cab driver, those are dudes. And the cab driver says back, does it really matter? <laughs> and then the, the joke is, I said back to that guy, I can't think of anything that matters more. And what I want you guys to know is that listener of the show, friend of the show, Donkey, actually said that in the cab. Oh, that was his line. It was his line. Oh, nice. Only See, as funny comedians, thing, we could steal off civilians. We can't just I mean, steal off other people. only comedians. funny thing he's ever said. Oh, Donks is going to get upset about that. Oh, oh. I won't let him bash you, Donks. I'm sure you've got a lot of zingers up your sleeve. He does. All right. <laughs> I, I wanted to talk about Daniel Murphy because it, there are players that you absolutely hate, yes. but they're good. Steve Garvey's oh, really good. Uh, and granted, Daniel Murphy's off to a really good start. Do you hate Bryce Harper? I don't actually. I don't hate Bryce Harper. No. I thought he came into the league kind of with like a chip on his shoulder. I don't hate him. I don't really hate him though. No. Um, but I hated AJ Pruszynski. Matt Harvey, I think. But I AJ Pruszynski is a guy. There are oh, some guys AJ? you would hate, yeah. but if they were on your team, you'd love. AJ, I hate Dennis him. Rodman in basketball. Sure, sure, um, sure. There's tons of guys in football who are like that. Okay. Oh. Uh. You know what I mean? Like Richard Sherman, people hate. They shouldn't. I love Adam Richard Sherman, but. Wainwright. I, I don't hate Wainwright the way I would. I, I hate Sean Rodriguez, and I don't, I hate Sean Rodriguez on the Pirates. I don't want him on the Cubs. No, I don't. Oh, who's the guy you hate that you'd want on your team? I don't want Daniel Murphy, but AJ no, because was we, a guy we, for years no, I couldn't stand, I want, I want but I understood why White Sox liked him, why White Sox yeah. fans liked him. But AJ, when, they, when yeah. he was on the Twins, every Sox fan who hated his guts when he was on the Twins. And then there are guys you hate because your manager, I, like I, Dusty Baker, I won't stop AJ. playing. Nafee Perez. I will always hate Nafee Perez. And everyone's like, what do you care about Nafee Perez? Why do you even have a thought about him? He was a 200 hitter. That's why I hate him. Because Dusty Baker forced him down my throat for three fucking seasons. Nafee Perez was a professional athlete who had like a fat, skinny guy body. You know what I mean? He had like no, skinny it, legs and this <laughs> fat guy. He looked, I hate to say it, he looked like one of those poor... Uh, Ethiopian kids who doesn't have nutrition. Wow. You know what I'm saying? You see those commercials late at night Sally Struthers used to do and it's, where they're like just for 50 cents a day. Navy Perez. Navy Perez looked like that guy. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a professional baseball player who made over a million dollars one season, which well, is embarrassing. a lot of players look like garbage. Although Navy Perez, this remember, is a fun uh, fact. Bob, remember Bobby Jenks? Oh, yeah, Bobby Jenks. Oh, because I was joking the other day how about Matt Latos looks like the average White Sox fan, just a white Trash looking tatted up guy. Cespedes going Relax, deep Sox in San fans. Diego. Hard time. Oh, man. Cespedes. And then here comes Bartolo Colon. And we're then, watching highlights and, and then, commenting on him, which we're not supposed to do. Oh. Now, let's get to I wanted to talk about the fall of the Yankees because Sabathia just went on the DL, but we're going to save that for next week. He had, a, he had a good outing. Sabathia? He had one good outing, yes. And then, but now he's back in the disabled list. The Yankees are he's cooked. just they're he's cooked. There's the thing with guys that big. You're Bobby Jenks, if you will. I think they get they older. Should, the weight doesn't carry well, and they break down. They should sell Chapman and Miller. They're relievers. There's a good chance that's why the Yankees traded for him in the first place. Did they give up a lot for him? No. I don't think they give up much for Chapman because they got him after. The whole thing. Because remember, Chapman almost went to the Dodgers. Then it yeah. turns out he was shooting guns in his garage at his wife. Maybe not at his wife. Who knows? Oh, that whole thing? Uh, that that's whole how thing. He, how he got 80 games? Yeah. Is that how long he got suspended no, for? maybe 60. No, that's 60 the 30 games, games he got 30? Well, he should be coming back soon, I thought, maybe. I, uh, or is it 60? Either he, way, though, maybe they got way. him to flip him. Which I think is a smart GM move. It's if you're in a, re- a it's, I mean, well, the, think about gonna, this, too. We're going to come up on like the time where everybody's going to like be a buyer or seller. And Andrew Miller and Aroldis Chapman are going to probably be on the market. Totally. Mike Trout could be on the market. 
I don't see that happening. The Angels GM already said he's not going to move him. He said, I read about it two days ago. He says he's not going to move Trout. If you're the Cubs, would you go after Trout? Take over left field for you? Although oh, you have to mortgage left, so much, and you know we don't need him. And give up the entire. No, you would put him in center and move Fowler to left. Fuck. Okay. Trout's the best center fielder. How much like, would we have probably. to give up Top to get five. Trout? A ton. You'd have to give up a ton. You'd have to give up a 10 war. So that's Schwarber. That's. Uh, Which, that by the way, as much as I love Schwarber, you trade him for Trout. Yes, that catcher. The catcher, uh, Wilson Contreras. You give uh, Alberto Almora, Almora. Oh, you definitely give up Almora. You pro- Are you sold on Almora? No. He's having he a great. A, he's hitting 350 in Iowa right now. He was core four. Remember that when there was a core four? Oh, really? Before Addison Russell, they called the minor league system the core four. Oh, the core four, yeah. Almora was one of them. Because Almora yeah. was the first pick under the Theo regime. Yeah. And I think Sixth round in Bryant was one. Bryant was our pick in 2013. Schwarber was 2014. Schwarber was Hap. never a core Ian Hap. No, Solaire was never. But uh, I think, no, no, I think it's Solaire. I think it's Bryant. I think it's Almora. And I want to say Baez. I think Baez too, yeah. yeah. Then they got Addison Russell from that Samarja trade. What a great trade. That's going to be down. What a great trade. What a great trade. All right, we'll save the Yankee talk because I wanted to talk about the Yankees as a whole because they're such a – they are – you can't talk baseball without bringing up the Yankees in a way because they're so, they're so uh, just laced in baseball when history. You, when I give you my picks, I'm going to talk about this. Okay, great. I, figured, I knew you were going to talk some Yankees. Um, let's see your MVP picks of the week. What league? You usually say for both. You could lead off whichever one you want. Fowler in the NL. Why? Did he have the best? Did he have the best week? He has not the best week. He has had the best season. Oh, I thought we were doing it for that particular week. Have we been doing it for the season up to date? Yeah. If we're doing it season up to date, yeah. But Fowler. such a small sample size. He has such a good on base. Well, they what do a the player of the week. His on base is like five hundred. Yeah, I think it's like four seventy-seven or some and, crazy number. And that picture of him catching the ball in the ivy is such a cool. His picture. His defense is vastly improved since he's they started playing, playing him twenty feet he's deeper. Playing deeper. Thank you. Uh, American League is Manny Machado. And this is the part that I'm going to bring up. Can you imagine the attention that Manny Machado would get other than the zero he gets right now if he was on the Yankees or the Red Sox? Yeah, it would be through the roof. I mean, how much have we talked about Travis Shaw, the third baseman of the Red Sox? None. Well, here's something for you. Maybe, back to my clutch thing, Maybe Machado's having such a great year because he goes under the radar. There are some players who really oh, play better shine. under pressure. Well, they shine in small markets. Some guys do. And then they go to the big market and they shit the bed. Carl Crawford. Although speed, the thing with, the thing with players where speed is one of their biggest tools, once they go over the other side of 30, that's when they really start to lose value. Okay, I'll tell you this, and it could be anecdotal, and I don't know. Uh, my sophomore year of baseball, they changed the coach of the team as a new guy, and I fucking hated him. And I hit like garbage because he kept changing my swing. I just hated it. I was like good as a freshman, and I sucked my sophomore year. And it could have been because of him. Well, a good hitting coach could do a lot, could do wonders. Good hitting coaches, they'll say, will take what you do naturally and then just fix it. Right, everybody wants to Where do a lot of them, they make what Arietta did. Yeah, a lot of high school hitting coaches try to make everyone be robots. Yes. Oh, this is what you do. Hands yeah. back here. Chopping, and, you know, chopping wood. Chopping and all, wood, and you got to lead with your hips, and here's your, your plant foot. And the, you know. I hated 
my sophomore coach, I thought he was a stupid piece of shit. And I hated him. And everyone on my team had mono that well, He's year. not going to listen to this podcast now. No, he's not listening. No, we just lost a listener. Good job. If I'm you, kidding. He's not listening. Go ahead. I'll say his name. <laughs> you really? You're going to call him out? No. You're going to put him on blast, as the kids say? No, I won't put Nora by Bear on blast. <laughs> Brido? Yes. Oh. Uh, Are you ready? Yeah. Because we have our, this is week two of our segment. Are you ready? Did you have more to say? Did I interrupt you about the. Uh, oh, I want to tell you Kershaw is my sigh. Oh, Kershaw's your sigh. Quintana. With the White Sox. And then rookies are Aledmiz Diaz. For the Cardinals. And Nomar Mazar. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to agree with pretty much all those. Thank you. Because you're. I mean, this show is really for the thinking fan, and you're like a thinking fan. Yeah, although we disagree on Clutch, I suppose. Oh, man, Clutch is... We'll, we'll get to that. You might be able to prove me wrong. I've gotten in my elder years. Hold on, though. I used to just be very stubborn and be break like, it nope, down with wrong. you. Well, let me break it down with you with stand-up, something that we do currently. I had a Montreal callback where it was like everything was on the line, you know? And I went up, It was my, and I killed... And I got Montreal. To say that that was clutch is such garbage. You don't know what the crowd's going to do. You've so, done the same set probably twice in one night, murdered and then bombed. Yeah, that happens. We've all done that. Oh, totally, that happens. So what in the fuck? Well, I don't know, though. I don't, I don't ever do my jokes the same. I've got a very loose style. I understand. I did three recordings for my album. Not one recording was the same. Okay, you're a great stand-up. I no, get I'm it. not saying I'm a great stand-up because you're I the usually clutch. I, I don't think I'm clutch. I was knocking myself with that. I thought I was a my clutch hitter. My point is, you know how the joke goes. Yeah, but you know what happens though. You know what will happen sometimes in stand-up. That first joke. Maybe you're used to it doing a nine. It does yeah. a seven, and all of a sudden your brain's like, what the fuck? You go, and what? so then you turn yes. it on for the next couple jokes, yes. and then it appears like, man, he's really amped up more than he would be for this type of material. That's just being good at your job. Yeah, cause that's why I hate So let's strike I one. Got, let's I got strike, into stand-up because I liked, I liked the idea of just going up there and being like, oh, I'm just going to go up there and have fun. And then he was, there's industry stuff there that's not fun. day one. Remember when you beat me in that stand-up competition before I went I up? I beat you and Cameron Esposito. You and guys at this point, tied. You guys both, oh, we, me and Cameron tied. That's right. I hated it. And she's in the movie Mother's Day that's coming out soon. When you went up and murdered, uh, I, I watched a table of dudes right. go... Well, this is over, and it was before I went up, and I was so mad. I was just like, I'm about to lose, because you crushed. And technically, I was a better comedian than you. You were a better comedian than me. <sighs> and, yeah, you're right. Maybe, maybe stand-up was a bad thing to compare with the clutchness. But I wanted to get to the, our final segment that oh. we just started last oh. week. Yes. It's called Brido Blows Your Mind. And if you have not, this is your first time listening to this podcast, and you're thinking these guys seem a little drunk and they're out of control. Last we week, the Cubs. Yeah, la watch, listen to last week's podcast because that was the first installment of Bridal Blows Your Mind. And it's fantastic. They're making a movie about it. Not about Bridal Blows Your Mind. Yeah, well, no, I know, no, I know. <laughs> they're making a movie about what you, the fact that you brought up. Yes. These are pieces of baseball history that Bridal brings up, and then you're just like, whoa. These are holy shit moments, if you will. I was looking so, up the 39 Yankees. Bridal, go ahead. Blow our mind. Let's, let's hear it. You might know this. This is like one that when I saw it, I was like, this is it. I hope I don't know it for your sake. In 1947, the owner of the Red Sox, Tom Yockey, and the owner 
the like owners majority of the owner of the Yankees got shit faced together. And they said So let's think about this, Joe. Nineteen thirties, nineteen forties, who's the best Yankee? Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. Who's the best Red Sox? Ted Williams. Ted Williams. Can I talk about those stadiums for a second? Go for it. Ted Williams is left-handed. Stadium is not good for him. Fenway? No, you want that Unless monster. you go straight down the line and hook it around the pole. Yankee Stadium is especially fucking horrible for DiMaggio. Used to be 560 or some garbage to center. Right-handed hitter. So Tom Yockey, the owner of the Red Sox, and whoever was the owner of the Yankees got shit-faced together in 1947, traded straight up. How come that? DiMaggio for Williams. And then what happened? They woke up in the morning sober. Tom Yockey woke up and had buyer's remorse and called it off. Wow. Straight up, DiMaggio. Guess who would have got a better deal? <laughs> Fucking the Yankees. This would have been like trading Magic Johnson for Larry Bird in 1984. Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> that is amazing. It was trading fucking A. I mean, I don't mean to make light of it. It's trading Magic Johnson for Larry Bird in 1985. That is crazy. Because what makes it especially no, crazy. No, Ted Williams oh, on Ted TV. Ted Williams on the TV now. They're showing the 99 <laughs> All-Star game when they wheeled him out there. Uh, yeah, because imagine how much how crazy Williams' numbers would have been in Yankee Stadium. And Joe DiMaggio. He had 700 home when, runs. When DiMaggio retired, he was fifth all-time in home runs with 390. And he had, they called it Death Valley. Like, if you look at Monument Park in old Yankee Stadium, like the 80s Yankee Stadium, that was like their dimensions. Yeah, turned home runs into doubles and triples. They had a short porch for Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Well, for Ruth, mostly, but Gehrig also was <laughs> amazing. Yes. But DiMaggio was right-handed. DiMaggio was hindered more than anybody in the history of baseball by their stadium. That, DiMaggio, like you, I never thought hate, of it that way before. That's you want to hate on DiMaggio, like everybody's like whatever. Joe DiMaggio, if he played for any other team, would have six hundred home runs. Easily. I would love to find out how many. Ted Williams is such a crazy would thing. have broken Babe Ruth's record if he played in Yankee Stadium. And if he didn't lose years to the war. Even if he didn't play in the war. Yeah. <laughs> he was always playing in that war. Uh, oh, sorry. If he no. didn't, <laughs> if he played during the war. No, I know what you meant. Yeah. Uh, what's crazy about baseball and what is cool and what comes with some of the romance of baseball is that every park is different. You know, I mentioned basketball, football. It's all, all the same dimensions yes, for all those sports. Yes, but... So I would love to know... I know they do it where they do ballpark configured with it, too. There's a stat that tells you based o- on your OPS, ballpark. There's an OPS plus. OPS plus goes by ballpark, too. Yeah. Uh, but it would be amazing if you could go through history and see what each player... Like, you know, you can't do it with every player because like who gives a if, shit what some bench what player if, did. What uh, if Larry Walker played in... XYZ, because Denver has uh, that altitude. Yes. Well, Larry Walker came up in Montreal, but which was not DiMaggio's, a home run friendly park. Look at DiMaggio's road home runs. Way 200 to like 100. Really? Yeah. Damn. So that's, that's all the proof you need. 
He, they should have done the trade. They should have done the trade. The problem was, do you know who the the most beneficial trade to both sides, but the fans would have hated it. Do you know who the center fielder was for the Red Sox that DiMaggio was replacing? In 47? Yeah. Oh, damn. Dom DiMaggio. Oh, his brother. His brother. That's right. His brother. I forgot his, his brother was a brother. Red Sox. Yeah. Oh. Dominic DiMaggio. They, there was this neighborhood in San Francisco that, like, so many, like, good Italian players came from, like Tony Lazzari. The Joe DiMaggio is from San Francisco? Yes. I had no idea. You just and, think DiMaggio, uh, you think, Ted, like. Ted Williams from San Diego. You think, like, an Italian boy. Ted you Williams. Think, well, you think, like, Bronx or something. Well, sure, because he. Played, played in the Bronx, but yeah. for some reason, whenever I hear like, you ever, but if you ever think of any, if I think of any Irish guy from like the 20s, 30s, and 40s, I think Boston. You think of any? Um, Ted Williams is from San Diego. Did you know that? I did not know that. I would not have guessed that either. California guys. Yeah, there I don't think any mo- player from back then was from oh, California. The Yankees considered Ted Williams the one that got away. They were like a very, very poor family. Man, I'm like him and left and DiMaggio and right. I mean, that's just that would have been too unfair. I, I mean, they've already had that. The Yankees just went from franchise player to franchise player to franchise player, where so many other teams just have those decades in between where it's like, yeah, nothing special there, really. You know? I mean, Ted Williams is like the most fucked over player in the history of baseball. He, he gets a triple crown to give the MVP to some Indian player that played for the Yankees in 39. What's his Did name? he not win MVP the year he won triple crown? No, he didn't. Wow. Also, you were blowing my mind again, Also, in, in 41, DiMaggio wins it because of his 56-game hitting streak where he hit in, safely in 72 out of 73 games. Wow. Because he had that streak after the 56. Yes. Anyway, I was looking up the 39 Yankees because they had a plus 411 run differential. And when you, we're thinking that because the Cubs right now have the second-best run Cubs differential to going, start. They're going to murder that. They're on pace to murder that, aren't they? They're going to murder that. The Cubs are on pace for 560 or some shit. Wow. That is incredible. So I was, uh, so I was looking them up. Lot, okay. Three teams in history have a 700% winning percentage. Uh, swept the World Series. Had the most runs of any team and had the lowest ERA of any team. And it's the 27 Yankees, the 39 Yankees, and the 98 Yankees. Wow. Well, because I know the Mariners, when they broke the record in one lost in the playoffs. 116 the games. And, yeah, and then the and Cubs, Carl the Ravitch Cubs. was like, they're going to lose if they have to face, like, Noah Syndergaard or, like, uh, uh, Max Scherzer and Strasburg. And I'm just like, I hate Carl Ravitch. Was Carl Ravitch saying that about the Cubs right now? We'd lose if we faced those guys? He did, yeah. Okay. Well, does he know that we just beat the shit out of Max Scherzer yesterday? I don't know if Granted, he Granted, it's that. regular season. It's not, the oh, reason, he's not the clutch. Reason the he's Cub- not clutch. Here's what the Cubs had a problem with against the Mets. And I never really got to talk about this on this podcast yet because it was last year. The Mets that we beat the crap out of in the regular season were a different team. They kept their pitchers' innings down. All those guys had fresh arms going into that series. Daniel Murphy was playing out of his fucking mind. That, they was, did, that also, was the difference. Also, maybe. they added uh, Cespedes, which we didn't face when we faced the Mets in the regular season. They got him. We beat the crap out of the Mets yeah. in May and June, and they made those moves, and their whole team came together toward the end of the season. All, we were missing Addison Russell. Yeah, I forgot. Which I know people are like, oh, it's your number eight, nine hitter, really. 
doesn't matter. He was the shortstop who was go, amazing on defense. He can go yard whenever he wants. Yeah, and it changes your configuration. You know, when you have a key piece, a key cog to your wheel yeah. missing, it's going to affect the rest of everything about it, you know? Who played short the whole time? Bias. Javi. Who yeah. was in AAA up until late August. Yes. He came up like the last week of August just so he'd be eligible for the playoff roster. He has the most violent swing I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, because even people compared him to Gary Sheffield coming up, but Gary Sheffield oh, was way shit. more controlled. Sheffield, than yeah, man, yeah, he had a violent swing too. Sheffield was fun. All right, well, that's been the podcast, everybody. Thank you for listening to Comedians Talking Sports presents Comedians Talking Baseball. We do this every Sunday. Yeah. What we do on Saturday it comes out on Sunday. We yeah. recap the week that was in Major League Baseball. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Write us a review. Follow us on Twitter. Let us know if we're full of shit about the clutch thing. Yes. You know, if you're Team Bride or Team Kilgallen in this argument. <laughs> I'd love to have some fun with it. I'm, I'm an open-minded guy. And don't just post Team Kilgallen because you love Joe. They love you too, man. No. Dude, you're the straw that stirs the drink. But you're the drink. This became a you're podcast when you came into it. <laughs> this wasn't... You think... If the, if, I'll tell you this. With the baseball... With the what regular podcast on Wednesdays, I'm I have Carrie a new I'm Carrie Ward. You're Mark Pryor. Yeah. All right. I have, we have a new comedian on every Wednesday for the regular podcast. And I thought I'd do that with the baseball one. But I knew after the first time I had you on, I'm like, I think it's better if I just have one guy because then we have like a, like a story arc. Oh, like a good, I like a good that. TV show. I like that. The TV shows arc. I like have a good arc throughout the season, but they have one-offs. It's Breaking. almost like the Wednesday podcast is like that one-off where it's like, oh, this is what we do. But then the Sunday is like this arc that follows the entire season. Your Wednesday is the Catch the Fly episode of Breaking Bad, and the rest of it is the fucking Breaking Bad. Yes, that's right. So, you know, we have to have that one random episode of Dexter where oh, he just kills somebody. It's nothing to do with his dad or his deep-seated issues. This is just, he just has to kill someone, and then we'll get back to that one cop sneaking around. Well, sometimes Quinn. Dexter is Quinn going to find Dexter? Sometimes Quinn and Dexter were clutch. They were very clutch. I don't know. Sometimes you got to rise to the occasion. you got to step up. they got vice in those veins. You know what I mean? Well, he also had. Think about it. You ever see that? The last thing I'll say. He had Asperger's. That's yes. clutch. Yes. Last thing I'll it's say. Clutch to have Asperger's. Uh, depending on the situation. Or whatever sure. he had. What did he have? Asperger's? Something? Who? Dexter? Yeah. No, he's a sociopath. That doesn't make him an uh, Asperger's. He's on the spectrum. Asperger's is a high-functioning form of autism. So he was just a sociopath. He had no empathy. That's why his dad figured that out early when he was killing kittens. He's like, this kid's a psycho. He's, you know, I got to train him to kill father. bad people. His he's adopted gonna kill. father. His adopted father, yes. So um, with Clutch, the last thing I'll say is oh, you God. ever see a guy who has that approach? Where I I've seen it. I remember watching... Um, Last year, Anthony Rizzo, where it's like Anthony Rizzo normally works the count every at bat, and then there was, an, there was a time he came up to bat, and you could tell he was pissed himself. He swung at the first pitch, and it was garbage. There are times where a good hitter will expand his strike zone because they get nervous, and it's not about trying hard. Did he say he they was get nervous? nervous? No, he would never say that. Professional athletes don't say that. They won't tell you I got nervous. They won't say, oh, I should have bricked when I saw that guy come in. I think you're telling stories. I'm not telling stories. I mean, maybe Rizzo might be not the guy I'm thinking of, but I've seen it. You've seen guys who have a certain plate approach no matter what the situation is, and then all of a sudden they'll have a guy on third with one out, and they'll know, oh, I better drive him in with a fly ball, and they'll do everything they can to do a fly ball. They end up, you Listen, know, everybody out. remembers Bobby Thompson. Everybody remembers... Bill Mazeroski. And Joe Carter and everybody else, but it doesn't mean shit. You he, don't think people get nervous? You don't think Major League Baseball players get nervous in certain situations? Your adrenaline carries you. Like how, okay, I'm bringing mm. it back to stand-up. How many times have you been nervous before you went up and you didn't feel any nerves on stage? I've, I've sometimes have felt the nerves on stage. Well, sure. Well, not really. I don't know. I don't, I don't think so you So you're do. clutch. I wish I could say that. I'm clutch in real baseball. 
By the way, did we even talk about this? I had no, a home run last week. Oh my god, Joe hit a home run over the fence. What, like three fifty? About three fifty. Joe hit a three fifty home run in overhand fast pitch. Overhead fast. It was probably look. If I'm being honest, it was probably about a a fifty eight mile an hour cement mixer slider that just just spun. And I just loaded my. I you just, don't throw a fifty-eight slider. Did you? I read the pitch immediately because he'd thrown me a breaking pitch the at bat before that I hit into the parking lot. And your clutch was it the foul. ninth inning? Then your clutch. No, it was the third inning, but two men were on. Oh, then you're not clutch because the inning doesn't match up with my definition of clutch. No, but two men on though, a three-run homer. That should I'm be point, clutch. I'm point proving. I don't know. I'm gonna have to dig more into this clutch thing, man. I really think there are certain people who rise to an occasion. They try. Uh, so maybe they should try hard that hard every at bat. Maybe they should pretend it's the ninth inning every at bat. Yeah, I think in the first they don't try so hard. Could be. I'm serious, man. Come it's not about on. trying. It's about the situation. In the Come first on. inning, there's no pressure. So there's no pressure in the first inning. So in the ninth inning, he goes there's into pressure. a phone booth and he becomes Superman. Does the crowd get on their feet in the first inning? No, they do in the ninth inning when it's close. Good crowd. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, the, uh, we, I ended the podcast five minutes ago. This will continue. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> you guys have yourselves a week. Thanks.